this is Dr. Zero, her loving husband Cornelius, and little Milo. The most dangerous to man is little Milo. Why? The time is 1973. The place is right here on Earth. How did they get here? What is their reception? Welcome, gentlemen, to the United States. Escape from the planet of the apes. Crap, they did it. Clap like apes. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back once again to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast, your source for all things about movies that came after two other movies. I am Sam. And I am Will. And uh, we're dusting off an oldie again uh, this week. It's 1971's Escape from the Planet of the Apes. One of the, uh, probably one of the, the first uh, movie franchises that with, you know, merchandise and uh, spinoffs and, I mean, this has two TV spinoffs coming from it. And, For sure. Uh, I mean, if I, if you were to tell me the Apes franchise would have, generally speaking, a better batting average than Star Wars, <laughs> I would have laughed, but here we are. <laughs> Uh, it's also like the first franchise, I'd say, where they gave even half a damn about continuity. Yes. You know, like compared yeah. to like we talked about Son of Frankenstein and those movies could not be bothered uh, with any 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 real connection with their previous movies in terms of like making sense. But uh, it, the Apes movies, you know, there are some omissions and some holes and this one kind of changes ape history a little bit. Uh, but it's definitely like, it's, it's a continuance of the franchise. Uh, and for, and, uh, and honestly, the fact that this movie exists at all is admirable because, uh, the second Planet of the Apes movie is as definitive an ending as you can get. Yeah. Amazingly, a movie that basically is the first movie again ends with the entire world blowing up and, uh, ending essentially yeah. ending the when franchise when your previous movie ended with just the with the haunted mansion voice going on a on an insignificant planet third from an insignificant sun it is now dead or something to that effect <laughs> it's just that's the end of the movie goodbye thanks for coming folks but those kind of endings are par for the course with planet of the apes yeah well and and it's one of those things where it's like oh shit the second movie made made money we need to make another one um we kind of wrote ourselves into a corner guys <laughs> and then someone ran down the hall like those like goldblum in the right stuff and burst in and said i have a way we don't have to spend any money at all <laughs> exactly it's like oh wait 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 it's, what what if what if you guys you guys hear me out there's only two apes. <laughs> well, well, three, but we'll kill them off right away. <laughs> and a, and a, one gorilla and one chimp, but we ain't spending shit on those suits. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is something truly jarring about like the three beautiful like ape uh, prosthetics standing in the in one pen next to the most jank ass gorilla you've ever seen yeah that's that was a uh, oh we we really don't have any money for this we'll just get something off the shelf from the, yeah. the halloween it's store like what like something you know does anyone have rick baker's number yeah. same with the um fake chimp mom with the real chimp baby right. yeah that's just that was like uh -uh, that's a, no. a horrifying Cause like, thing because that yeah. was like a real like real janky chimp suit so you could see the human eyes behind yeah. it it's yeah like, and and clearly that the person in the suit couldn't see that well yeah and, <laughs> they're holding a a live chimp which is always a risk if anyone's seen nope you know <laughs> <laughs> 
so, okay, Sam, what's your history with the Planet of the Apes franchise? How did you come to it? I saw the first one really early on. I think my dad was a fan of it. It's like, it's one of those movies, sort of like Psycho, where you kind of wish you could go back in time and see it cold. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we the, the twist ending is so iconic that it's on the, you know, DVD covers. It's on the VHS. <laughs> it's, you know, you know, oh my God, I was wrong. <laughs> it was Earth all along. Like, it's, it's, but it is, um... I remember as a kid, you know, obviously some of the more, like, heady themes went over my head, but it was just, it's such a strange movie, and it's not like yeah. any other sci-fi movie out there, and I was kind of a weird, precocious little dweeb that liked, like, <laughs> classic Hollywood movies, <laughs> and this is, you know, Planet of the Apes is a classic late 60s sci-fi at that time when science fiction movies were starting to have a bit of a sea change uh, from sort of your you know, atomic monsters to the the more groovy 70s, like, trippy stuff. Because this was, the, the first one was 68, which is the same year as 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. And those are both really, like, landmark science fiction movies for Hollywood. Yeah, and, I mean, I saw, I saw, I didn't see all the Apes movies, because this is the one I didn't see, but I think in, it must have been for the 30th, anniversary they had done a big restoration of all the ape movies and amc ran them i want to say over like labor day weekend um along with that documentary oh the, yes behind behind the planet, the planet of, the of the apes narrated by roddy mcdowell yes. and it, it they aired all five ape movies and that documentary just on continuous repeat for like the month of september of 1998 and yeah. that's how I sort of caught it. I just didn't catch the. I didn't catch this one. And watching that documentary, this one seemed the least interesting to me. So, it's I, it's definitely like like on the surface, it's the one that's sort of pitched as like the fun one. Right. I think it has the reputation. It's like the Star Trek Four. Right. It's you know it's the apes in modern day L.A. But that's actually like kind of a small part of the movie, and the rest of it is. This one, I really liked watching it this time because, you know, Aubrey, famously, uh, the original Planet of the Apes, the first draft, well, it's based on a book by Pierre Boulle, yeah. but the first draft of the script was written by Rod Serling, and the Twilight Zone-esque uh, elements of it carry through into the final version. It is essentially a big budget episode of the Twilight Zone, like, like Rod Serling should step out from behind the yeah. Statue of Liberty <laughs> at the end. It's like, submitted for your approval. A man out of time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who yeah. finds himself on a planet of the apes in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> and this one feels a lot like that. The The second one, less less so. This well, one feels sort of like, imagine a, you could picture a Twilight Zone episode where a spacecraft is is retrieved and they open it up and it's people from the future. Right. Or apes from the future. Ape, exactly. And... You know, the, what I remember of the second one is that aside from sort of the loopy ass like mutants who worship the nuclear bomb, most of it is kind of just a retread of the of the first movie. Yeah, it's a retread with, um, uh, you know, a, a like made for TV Charlton Heston, James Franciscus, because <laughs> yeah. Heston was like, I'll do the beginning and then I want to die. <laughs> like classic, <laughs> classic Harrison Ford grumpiness. Yeah. And then they were like, what if you disappear at the beginning? And you die at the end. He's like, fine. 
I'll do that. But I gotta blow it up. I'm gonna blow it up so they'll make no more sequels. This is a terrible... My Heston sucks tonight. It's Palance. Well, they kind of sound similar. It's a madhouse. (laughs) Um, But this one uh, is, again, because it had sort of been pitched as the fun one, the fish out of the water, like the goofy, you know, here are the apes in modern day L.A., see them try to fit in, and... It's that for maybe five minutes. And then yeah, it, there's it one sequence. On. Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes like this sort of, uh, you know, it's like, a, it's, you know, these characters that now know like, okay, uh, in 2000 years, humanity, humans will be dominated by apes and the earth will be destroyed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, it's. And obviously we know as an audience that they only get to that point because there's a huge nuclear war. Right. Yeah. And it's, um, and while it, it sort of brings up the, well, if you could kill Hitler as a baby, would you kind of, uh, conundrum. What I found fascinating watching it in the year of our Lord, 2023 is the, um, is how the apes, struggle and i know this was sort of built in because there's a lot of like racial things built in but how it sort of mimics a lot of the way that our society treats immigrants now maybe not so much then probably then um but i just it it this whole thing where it's like they're minor celebrities for a moment but then they can't be who they you know who they want to be they can't have kids they it it, is just very it just it brought up a lot of stuff that's like very prescient for now. Yeah, you know, and and it's also they do a good job of making it. It's like the humans aren't all broadly evil. Yeah, nor are Cornelius and Zira like like broadly good. Like as we know, the apes were not a perfect society. They and and they ended up being warlike and they fucked it up and destroyed the planet as well. Right. So you know it's. It's a vicious cycle, but it is like all the characters up to and including uh, Dr. Hasline, who's the villain, it, much like um, uh, Joe Pilato in uh, Day of the Dead, he's a little bit maniacal, but he's not entirely wrong. He right. has that line about like, sooner, later we'll deal with pollution, later we'll deal with overpopulation, later we'll deal with nuclear war. How much time do we think we have? You know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you need to shoot that baby, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right. It, it's the it's it's his uh, the ends don't necessarily justify the means, or, um, but it's uh, yeah. It, it, there's nuance to some of the to the villains and stuff. It's um, it's sort of a fascinating piece of '70s sci-fi that's just very very bleak and oh yeah, depressing but, as hell. Oh, it's it's like, I mean. It, 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 it's it, it you, you don't ever get too attached to any one character in no. the Planet of the Apes franchise because they're not gonna make it more than a movie or two. Yeah. And if you love Cornelius and Zira, it's not it's not gonna work out. It doesn't end it's like, well it for is them. A downer ending. Yeah, I mean, but they all every single one of these movies has a downer ending. The first movie twist: man destroyed himself. It was Earth all along. Charlton Heston, who was like had believed there was something better than man out in the universe, ultimately had to defend mankind, and then turns out he was right in the first place. Second movie, Earth is dead. We set off the bomb, and the Earth is destroyed. End of story. Third movie, let's shoot a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, and then the... Let's loving close-ups of cute little chimpanzee baby. Shoot it. Shoot it, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's almost on par with the ending of Night of the Living Dead in terms of just how, like, bleak it is. Yeah, it, it, the only optimism is that it's... It Not, wasn't... It wasn't... She swapped babies, so <laughs> it was someone else's baby that got shot. It was another chimpanzee that wasn't as smart. Oi! Yeah. Did Heloise really write, sign off on this? <laughs> like, or did Zira kind of go like, look, over there! Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, and then the fourth movie ends with the ape uprising. Yes, and it it, it had like attacked on. Let's dial back the bleakness like twenty percent. So he's like, yeah. okay, we're not gonna bludgeon the villain to death. Uh, <laughs> we're just gonna burn Century City to the ground. Yeah. And then the fifth movie has like the close. It's it's the Day of the Dead where you have it's an ambiguously uh, not yeah. it's not overtly bleak. You there's debate on perhaps it, it's a signal it's like the end shows that they 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 changed the future and humanity and apes will coexist or, or something. something something like that it's um it's a bad that the fifth one is, is well they ran they go bad. they that ran out of money like, we and... got no money uh <laughs> it's it's like we it's it is it's the jankiest uh low budget version of war of the planet of the apes yeah exactly know? yeah and it's uh but but this movie is, you know, shockingly smart, uh, you know, for for what you'd expect in the, a 70s sequel to be, which you just sort of expect to be keep cranking out the same thing over and over again. This is pretty smart, and it's, uh, and it, 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 it sort of explores a lot of, like, deep themes. I, I can't say it, like, works. It hangs together completely as a movie. It's very talky and slow and has to do a lot of recap and stuff, and it's... Yeah. Uh, they do a lot of recap, and they also, like, set up sort of a definitive, like, timeline of how they got to the ape society of the future that doesn't quite mesh with what was established in the first movie. Right. Like, in the first movie, it was heresy to claim that apes evolved from men, but in this one, it's well-documented, apparently, but yeah. which I I mean maybe uh in the interim like Doctor Zayas revealed like was like okay here's what really happened and we've been covering <laughs> it up and then and then they set up that like yeah so Aldo the ape that said no uh, that's where it, you know there's the debate of do they change the timeline by going back in time and making and having Caesar be there and the, right. having their son ultimately take the place of Aldo because right. Aldo's the villain ape in the fifth one right right. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I remembered the least because it, well, it, well, he's a gorilla, and as Zira, who is really racist about <laughs> gorillas, no, they're all warlike and militaristic, and chimps are pacifists, right? Uh, except if you know anything about chimps, is just utter horseshit. Uh, Which they that they should make a they really never introduced bonobos into this world and bonobos <laughs> would be swingers. <laughs> They're down at the like clothing optional resort yeah, next right. to the ape society. <laughs> What's over there? Oh, we just you know they, we just <sighs> let them do their bono- thing. Bonobo and his speedo and like a chain. <laughs> like come on over, everyone. 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 You want to take a dip in the pool? <laughs> My uh, partner and I couldn't help but notice you. <laughs> Cornelia, Cornelius, your wife. She's she, she's very attractive. What does she think of me? <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, I guess they they must have they must have changed the timeline with the introduction of Caesar and and but because it's Caesar that ends up leading the revolution in the fourth one, in, which is also I would say a great movie. That's the very seventies looking sci fi because they were like. It was just, again, the same guy ran down the halls like, you guys, you guys, 
Century City is brutalist poured concrete. The future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah, but um, that one's cool because it's like it is clearly taking its inspiration from shit like Death Wish, and it is like it's like aggressively violent and yeah. like and it's really bleak. Look, these it's movies, good. these movies pull no punches. Certainly the yeah. first four. Um, in the first one, like Charlton Heston lives under constant threat of like being lobotomized and castrated. Yeah, and it's, yeah. you know, there's this whole theme in all these movies about like animal rights and vivisection and all these things that obviously are reprehensible to think about. And they say, talk about this in this movie. It's like Zira does, did things to humans that are, would be considered monstrous, but they're the same things that humans do to animals, you know? Right. And yeah. it's, it, and that, you know, obviously, you know, it, 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 like you said, there's these discussions, like there's these great scenes with Hasline and the president, the very yeah. level-headed president, who's yeah. like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. Um, uh, let me pull. He says he talks about we don't shoot unarmed uh, suspects. Um, yeah, like, it, it's like this is a democracy. We don't shoot someone if we're they're just suspected of something. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it, it's. I, I thought I was amazed at just sort of how, like, how applicable it was. To, not that I, I didn't... All of these movies have a lot of social commentary in them, but this one in particular just sort of just was like, well, it's very much kind of about 2023 in a lot of ways. And, yeah. You know. In a way that, like, as much as I love the new ones, the new ones don't try to be, like, topical uh, in the same way. Yeah, it's it's a different vibe and I, I think it's just partly because the social conscious science fiction thriller just isn't a big part of like Hollywood now. No. I mean and, and if it is, it's not big budget mocap apes movie. It's right, you know, A twenty four Alex Garland script, you know. Right, exactly. So it's uh you know, I don't it it's um they they have their those movies do have their own what they're saying about society, but it's more like in the broad strokes. It's not as like specific. It's you know, it's it's a lot more like human beings are are savage and and we need to figure out how to tame those impulses, kind of things. It, yeah, and also the know. new ones where like, we have the technology now to really commit to these apes as like well-drawn character like physical characters and we can establish their society and have it be really grounded in realism as opposed right. to the you know sort of campy you know Nehru jacket wearing apes of the originals <laughs> well and that too but also it, it's like these movies are very much aside from this one and the fourth one but the the new movies are very much like well let's tell um at least uh, conquest for the planet of the apes uh, from the apes perspective, not so much and not have really the humans as, you know, uh, as the main characters. So. And this, there is a shift in these movies where much like in the, the new ones, uh, because the biggest flaw with all the new movies is that the human characters are boring as shit. Yeah. Uh, except Woody Harrelson. But, uh, <laughs> we'll get um, there at some point. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get to war. We're not going to talk about war right away because it is... The only thing it has in common with Escape is that it's depressing as hell. <laughs> but, uh, <it's, laughs> um, no, um, as this franchise went on across the five movies, and this is the turning point, I think where the point of view character becomes the apes, not right. the humans. Like yeah. obviously Charlton Heston 
and then James Franciscus are your leads in the first two movies. But in this one, your leads are Cornelius and Zira. It's yeah. confident enough as a movie to not give you a real human protagonist. They have human allies, uh, but not hu- like the Dixon. I think his name is is not like he's not the hero. No, and he doesn't. You don't really get much from him, and it really is. Zira and Cornelius's perspective, yeah, and how they sort of deal with things, and how they, how how they react to humans of the seventies as opposed to humans of the what thirty sixth century where they're from, yeah, right. It's it's three thousand something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was said it was thirty five something, but yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Thirty five. I don't know. <laughs> I it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> They were in a real pickle because they had to keep this show going. And this was, like, they honestly did a really good job finding a way to reinvigorate this franchise. And even still, like, this one, where do you go from there? Right. They, they Obviously, they, they set up that their their baby is still alive. Uh, but, you know, you've killed all your connections to the original film. Yeah. Yeah, so, it, yeah, they, they end up making sort of a legacy. Uh, they end up inadvertently making a legacy sequel with uh, part four, with mm-hmm. uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Well, they were and, smart to bring Roddy McDowell back. Because right. I think that gave it sort of a connective tissue. And most importantly, they brought Ricardo Montalban, Montalban back. You had, yeah. Just when this movie, you worry <laughs> that you're not going to have any... He- the, forget it, he's the hero. He really he's is. Just like, like, he's like, just kicks in the door of the movie in the last 15 <laughs> minutes. And it's like, I don't know. You want me to help two fugitive apes? My answer is a thousand times yes. Yeah, I love that. That's his like his his introductory line is that and you're He's like, like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> He's like, I am on board. First chimpanzee <laughs> born in the circus. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, yeah, and and it's kind of fun to see them, you know, like do talks like the women's talk that Zira does uh, about marriage. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, because I mean she's a really outspoken character. Like yeah. Cornelius has always been the sort of more you know diplomatic one, the one that's trying not trying to piss off Doctor Zeus and the right. ministers. You know, yeah, but Zira one. is always like, "Well, fuck you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing what I want to do." But at the same time, she's also, like, committed, you know, atrocities, medic, yeah. horrible medical, medical experiments atrocity. for the fuck of it, basically. Yeah, exactly. They, uh, so they establish in the beginning that the people think the two spacecrafts both disintegrated in orbit. Well, I guess they just, ne- maybe they just never, it, they never came back. But so if I they guess think they just... the first one disintegrated in orbit, why'd they send a second <laughs> to go look for it? <laughs> Well, maybe they, maybe they're like, well, we think it disintegrated in orbit, but can you go check? Yeah. <laughs> I also, I don't think this was intentional, but when uh, the president says they believe the spacecraft was the one commanded by uh, Captain Taylor, and all the guys go, I'm just like, oh, fucking Taylor, that asshole. <laughs> A jerk. A he's fucking like, jerk. Like no one fucking liked him because he was such, <laughs> such a piece a, of shit. <laughs> he's such a misanthrope at the beginning of that movie. What's so funny is the way that the, the first movie is established. I I never thought that they actually left in the 70s. 
it's established like on the dial you say they left in 1972 so it's like a little in the future yeah yeah, yeah. 68 is right before we went to the moon right and uh 72 was just far enough away that i guess it was conceivable (laughs) the the future dana dana gould the comedian is is a tremendous planet of the apes fan and he has his um uh, hanging with Dr. Z talk show where it's like Dr. Zayas's <laughs> 70s talk show, which is absolutely fantastic, and it's on YouTube. And didn't Dana Gould write like some of the Simpsons episodes with the Planet He of the was Apes, on or? later. He didn't oh, write okay. the musical, but he's right. definitely done ape stuff. He also wrote a comic book that was an adaptation of the Rod Serling script, the original oh, okay. Rod Serling script, which looks more like the Pierre Boulle novel where the apes had a much more modern society. Right. right. A modern not budget-friendly society with, you know, <laughs> helicopters and uh, skyscrapers and stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. Man, and such a wild... I mean, have you ever seen the TV show or the animated series? I've, I've never seen watched some of them. the animated series. It's that classic, like, 70s, like, we can't possibly be bothered to quality control this animation <laughs> uh, sort of thing. I, I've seen some... And the the show is very 70s, too. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. like weird, like... It's almost like Starsky and Hutch looking two leads, you know. <laughs> but, uh, I, I yeah, so no, I, to answer your question, not really. <laughs> I mean, I, I tried watching the animated series. It cropped up on Hulu uh, like a couple years ago, and I tried watching it, and it just reminded me too much of the Star Trek animated series. Yeah. It was just kind of hard to like. But not as good, Not as good, yeah. Um, it just, the animation style was just so primitive that it was yeah. like, eh, I can't do this. Um, but it's such an interesting franchise to look at as like a franchise because it really was kind of, even before Star Wars, it was the first one where they're like, okay, we're going to do toys. We're going to do like all this stuff. Yeah. It was um, marketed as like family movies. They yeah. were like fun for the kids, but they're dark they're movies. Really dark. It's really dark movies. Yeah. They're dark, like heady sci-fi but i mean they do have like not this one but the other two preceding it do have like action stuff like they are like there is fun action in them. yeah oh but, for sure but it's still like grim i never yeah. like even when i was younger i never watched the first one thinking it was fun no like it's yeah. fucking stressful <laughs> like, like chuck heston gets put through the ringer in that movie he does yeah um have you have you watched mad men uh, not all of it, no. Well, there's, there's. A, I confess, I've never seen anything. Well, there's, there's an episode where they, where Don Draper takes his son to see Planet of the Apes, and, uh, and then the kid ends up having like nightmares like for a week because of it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's rough. It's a. Yeah. It is an intense movie for 1968. Yeah. And you know, obviously, I think it's a little more family friendly than 2001: A Space Odyssey, but. Uh, it's, you know, it's a heady movie and it's trying, it's, it's doing the classic Rod Serling bit of, we can't talk about, like, we're never going to be able to do, uh, a, a talk, like, talk about, like, uh, you know, Americans and immigrants, but we can do something about, like, you know, people from Mars and people from Venus, you exactly. know, like that sort yeah. of thing. It's like, okay, you'll listen to this if we flip the script and the humans are the, the victims and the apes are, you know, the dominant species. Right. And then maybe we can, yeah, we can get your, your, get the message out, get the, the, get the medicine in the, 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 you know, the. the you wrap the medicine up in, in a, you wrap the pill in some, uh, in some deli ham. Exactly. You know? And that's yeah. the fun part, the action yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and the, and the design of Ape City is so strange and weird. Yeah. Uh, no, um, everything, it, it's, 
Because I also, you always forget, you're supposed to think you're on an alien planet. Right, exactly. Until the yeah. end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's supposed to not seem like Earth. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're, you are. You're supposed to think that this is, this is a, and it, it doesn't work because of how iconic the, that final shot is. Um now you know. i would say it's a movie that still plays really well oh yeah even yeah. without the twist because the twist also informs taylor's character right in that he has this whole arc like he starts out believing that man is shit and he's left earth because he hated everybody and he was a misanthrope but by the end he's saying like he was here before you and he was better than you were but by the end he's realized no i was nope. right I, it's <laughs> like oh my god i was right not yeah. oh my god i, I was, was wrong. wrong yeah yeah no, I mean I, I agree, and but um, but the thing is, is that if you're coming to it now, it's you've experienced the ending so many times in you know either the Simpsons musical episode famously or Spaceballs or you know or just seen, just cultural just or, you've seen yeah, that that image, image exactly. that image of him in front of the Statue of Liberty, yeah, you know it, it's like the uh, twist in Psycho or the twist in The Sixth Sense now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's... But there are movies that still play really well because the movie doesn't necessarily need the twist and the twist it doesn't... It, it, it It's not the only reason you're there. Like, the movie, the journey is still worthwhile. And there's not a lot of movies like that where you can enjoy it a second time even if you know the twist ending. Well, right. I mean, and that's... I mean, I think that's what the thing about twist endings that work is that it makes you rethink what you've seen but doesn't it's not a cheat you don't watch it and go oh i get it and then sort of move on it makes you rethink every step of the way getting to the twist and you're like oh fuck oh yeah fuck. yeah that's what's that's why sixth sense worked so well exactly and um uh usual suspects which is the other more contemporary big twist movie right exactly what are the others i feel like i'm forgetting like a big one um the psycho planet of the apes Sixth Sense, Usual Suspects. Thanks. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it yeah. up live. <laughs> fuck it, fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Um, what is the, the... Oh, identity? No one's seen Identity. <laughs> no, it's no disrespect. Oh, Fight Club. I'm thinking Fight of Fight Club. Club. Oh, of course. Yeah, of Fight course. Club. Tyler Durden. Yeah. 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 He's Tyler Durden. Yeah. Spoilers for sight for Fight Club. <laughs> And the nice thing about that movie is people went back and still misinterpreted the whole thing. Well, right. I mean, they just, yeah. <laughs> still got the poster for their dorm room. <laughs> well, you know, they, they went, the, the, they were like, oh my God, the twist is so cool. Tyler Durden is so cool. That was what everyone came away with. The that. things you own end up owning you, man. <laughs> Time to blow up some credit card companies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had Planet of the Apes as a poster in my dorm you did. room. I remember. That's the kind of that's the that's that's the kind of movie I was into, and that's why I didn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> you had uh, Planet of the Apes, uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, right? I did. I had a man. sick Dark Man poster. Too. Oh yeah, that Dark yeah. Man poster was great. Yeah, no, but so I I think well, it's again a lot of people have seen Planet of the Apes. Not as many people have seen the sequels. I think they're worth checking out. Um, Absolutely. I I like third one's great. I think it's a great movie. I like. I think it's definitely a worthy, admirable third movie. Not perfect, like you said. It does have its dragging points, and if you're like going into it expecting anything like the first movie, it's going to be very different. Yeah. Um, 
But and then the second movie is just nuts. That movie is so weird. It, uh, well, and that's kind of why I I love it. I mean, aside from like the first you know forty five minutes or so is just sort of a, a speed run of the the first movie. But the the le- the back half of that movie is so bananas and like insane that you have these these mutants living in. I some... loathe bananas. <laughs> Excuse me. <I> <laughs> You have these mutants living in the subway station, worshiping a nuclear bomb, and like they've captured Charlton Heston, and you're like, "What is happening?" You are gone. <laughs> it's like it is. It, it's in a. Com- it's like it becomes a completely different franchise. Like it, it's like suddenly the uh, villains of the Omega Man have just kicked down the door, or in, in, in our Apes movie, like in this movie, they ask like. The, the the gorillas and the orangutans went off to war. Who are they fighting? I don't know. Because <laughs> if like everyone knows, like if you try to explain that, it's like yeah. there were mutants and they lived in the subway and they worshipped the atomic bomb. <laughs> but the implication, right, is that Zira and Cornelius didn't know about the mutants. No, right? well, yeah. Zira and Cornelius in the second one are pretty removed from the rest of the movie because right. Roddy yeah. McDowell's not in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, so Cornelius oh, is right. like barely a character, and Zira's kind of only there to be like. You know, again, she's part of the first act speed run. Right. Yeah. It's the really the the major apes character is Zeus in that one, and the uh, Ursus, the gor- I think his name, the gorilla the general. general. Yeah, the gorilla yeah. gorilla general. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's like as sequels go, it's just fascinating. They were like, well, we got to keep the train growing. What do we do? And like, it's sort of uh, I don't know. It's fun. It's weird and kind of dumb, but it's fun. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, uh, it's a weird one to compare it to, but like Fast and the Furious. Uh, right, yeah. None of our actors want to come back. How do we keep this going? <laughs> Let's Tokyo Drift. And yeah. somehow that became like the anchor point for like the next, the, the talent behind the camera, especially in that one, became the driving force of the next four or five movies there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and these, I mean, again, I think, like you say, the, the Planet of the Apes sequels are absolutely worth checking out. I mean, they're, they're, they're short. They're all like 90 to 100 minutes. They're, yeah. you know, none of them are terribly long. And, um, and it's kind of a window in time when big, fr- where franchises weren't the norm. So it's sort of seeing how a studio, in this case, Fox, was figuring out how to make a, an actual franchise. Like, yeah, it wasn't planned out in advance. It's also yeah. like, because they just wanted to be able to keep it going no matter what, they were open to taking kind of big swings. It's right. like you think about this movie and uh, a similar one, Star Trek Four. neither of those would be on the table as sequel ideas if a, the franchise existed now. No. No, yeah, you wouldn't. And you wouldn't say, oh, well, we'll just do a fish-out-of-water story uh to save money or you know to explore some character stuff like that's not something that they would you would do in a big franchise any a franchise that was making money anyway uh, this know? movie also handles time travel these this franchise handles the time travel element really well in that they're just like here's what happened here, here sal minio's like here's what i think happened i can't explain it but we're here now. It's a real like first Terminator. I didn't build the, the fucking thing, thing moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's they don't get too bogged down in the weeds of that kind of stuff. Um, they they do get bogged down, and it's just it's just the nature of the time because 
it wasn't as easy to rewatch movies as it is now, uh, where they have to sort of recap the original movie, but it's all through dialogue where they do it, and it's kind of it just it's makes a little. The, it's a little. It, it just it makes it inelegant. Slow. Yeah. Well, that's one of the big reasons this franchise was such a success is that after the fifth one came out, they did those like go ape marathons. That's where right. They screened yeah. all five movies at, on the big screen, and I think that was that's why um. To go back to Son of Frankenstein, that's why they got those sequels made, because they re-released Frankenstein and Dracula. Right, yeah. And, I mean, and that's, I mean, and, and even now, I mean, they're making a new Apes movie as we speak, or the, it's coming yes, out Yes, the soon. rather clumsily titled Kingdom of the, of the Planet, Planet of, of the, the Apes. Apes. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what it's going to be about or whatever, but they're still making them. I mean, the franchise for what it is, for what it's worth has, is still kind of kicking around in our consciousness. It's one of those franchises that's still going and it's, but what's nice about it is that I think people feel a little freer to take liberties with it in a good way because it's not one of our beloved eighties franchises, our precious, our precious back to the futures and Indiana Joneses and all that. No, it's, it's from the seventies and it's a boomer franchise, so we can futz with that all we want, you know. Right. right. I mean, and, and the only and the time that it didn't work is when in was when Tim Burton took a shot at it. Yes. And, I and, guess we should talk about that elephant in the room. Well, I, I mean, it's just it was one of those things where it was some what what the sequels wisely realized was that they couldn't replicate the twist of the original movie, so they didn't even try. You know, and then the problem with the remake, I mean, amongst other things, but the, the, the big problem is that they're trying to replicate that feeling that you get at the end of the of the first movie, and you just can't do it. No, and you it's also, that movie it. has nothing to say. Well, right. Like, I, mean, I think it might yeah. have some, like, discussions about, like, sort of going back to the first movie's, like, science versus religion right. angle, but it has, it's it's doesn't have any of that good twilight zone pontificating that you get right. in escape or in the first movie or in conquest right exactly and it and it doesn't have like the loopiness of the of part of beneath the planet of the apes so it just kind of comes across as a dumb bl- 2001 blockbuster <laughs> yeah unfortunately yeah. which is unfortunate because like the the makeup effects the makeup are fantastic amazing. Yeah. it's like R- rick baker at his best you know yeah. it's uh it's got a lot of good stuff in it, but it just doesn't come together, and uh, and the twist ending makes no goddamn sense. Right, and it and it doesn't, and as as we were saying about the first one, as you were saying, it informs character more than it necessarily is like a twist. And the the twist in the two thousand one remake, when they end up back in in the the Lincoln Memorial, where it's turned into the Abraham Lincoln Memorial, right? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> Tim Tim Roth's ape is now. <laughs> Abraham, why is he wearing the Abraham Lincoln suit? <laughs> it's like it doesn't make. It just makes you more confused than anything else. And I just remember it was in a very strange summer because it came out the same summer as Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, yes. which has its own little mini like Planet of the Apes thing in it. Which and 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 famously, uh, with the the Planet of the Apes thing in that movie was lifted from a uh, the. Uh, chasing Dogma comic, That's right. which yeah, had yeah. the apes putting an ape head on the Lincoln Memorial, which led to <laughs> Kevin Smith's whole kerfuffle with Tim Burton. That's right. Which he talks yeah. about an evening with Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, summer 2001. Uh, yeah, uh, Jurassic Park 3 was that summer as well. That's right. Uh, the, uh, that, and I just remember that mainly because it had the Spider-Man teaser before it with oh, the Twin yeah, Towers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 
let's see, uh, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, which I remember having the Spider-Man trailer before it, too. And um, AI was also that summer. AI was that summer. That was, I mean, that was the last summer before everyone, things got weird (laughs) in America and elsewhere. So it's a very different time. That That was the last 90s summer. If you yeah, will. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and and it was also sort of the last summer before Spider Man, which then sort of kicked off the superhero boom. So yeah, it was uh, <laughs> that that fall into the next year. You had Spider Man, Attack of the Clones, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings, and those all were game right. changers. Yep, changed Hollywood. Well, no, I don't think for the better necessarily, but uh, they certainly lat- changed lat- lateral move. Lateral yeah. Move, you know? <laughs> The it the Planet of the Apes movies have gotten better. That's the important. Thing. <laughs> that is the important thing, and we will talk about those three those those movies. Yes. When we'll we talk get about to... War War uh, War for the Planet of the Apes soon. Uh, but yeah. before that, uh, it's time for Will to uh, hit us with his best shot. Well, speaking of uh, Jay and Silent Bob and uh, the and the, the adventures in the View Askewiverse, I think it is high time that we visit uh, check in with uh, two characters who are very important to me, and I suspect very important to you, as you were a white heterosexual nerd in the late 90s you don't know me at all man <laughs> you don't know my life anyway i think we i should... didn't see clerks until after the other four movies in the uh view oh really oh, okay well i anyway. worked my way backwards i started with jay and silent bob strike back <laughs> how does that even happen i don't know i don't know I how that understand movie makes any, any sense, of that yeah. movie but i still li- <laughs> i still liked it in 2001 i'm going to venture to guess it has aged like a fine mayonnaise <laughs> Anyway, I uh, let's check in with the uh, folks in and around the Quick Stop uh, in Red Bank, New Jersey, and let's check in with Clerks Three. That's right. They made a Clerks Three. Not a lot yeah. of people know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am genuinely curious to see this movie because, uh, but this will be our entree into Kevin Smith, who is uh, a fascinating uh, filmmaker and looms large. Yes, like you said, for anyone that got into movie making in the nineties and early two thousands. Uh, he much like, um, uh, Robert Rodriguez or Sam Raimi. He is a local boy makes good filmmaker who went on to a very, uh, a lot of ups and downs in his career. But he himself (laughs) is one of those guys is a very interesting dude and clearly has like a love of, uh, movies and talking about movies. Yeah. And, and and sort of a love of like, genre fair and all that yeah. so you know it, it'll be interesting i'm genuinely interested because dante and randall are the characters that are he identifies with the most that are clearly nearest and dearest to his heart and so yeah, exactly uh, i'm curious where uh i know a little bit about the movie but i think i need context yeah same here I've, I've only i've read a little bit about it and i saw the trailer but uh now it is it's streaming on stars so all right um it's well, I, to... I set up my stars trial to watch this because we're in the process of turning the second bedroom slash office into a nursery. So right before, uh, like, like five minutes after I decided Escape from the Planet of the Apes, I put my Apes box set at the very bottom of a heavy box of DVDs. <laughs> and then I was like, fuck, I don't want to unpack this. So I'm on a stars trial. <laughs> there you go. But you can also use it for Clerks 3. So it works out. So what I'm saying, folks, is keep your physical media, but keep it where you can get at it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you never know when a bit large corporation will just remove these things from the cloud or for a tax write off. Did you hear about them, yeah. Did you hear about the French Connection? 
Apparently, like, Disney yeah. made, like, some weird... I'm sure there's some shit in the French connection. Popeye Doyle was a flawed character. He made <laughs> some, probably said something off-color. But it's just... I don't know. It's so weird. It's so yeah. weird. You can't sanitize the past. It's 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 just not how this works. No. Either put put something in front of it, like, you know, a disclaimer or whatever if you have to, but don't don't change the actual movie. Or at least know? wait till Friedkin dies. He's not gonna be happy about that. No. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so it's such a strange thing because it's like the movie's been around for so long and like Yeah, it's also it's the French connection. It's not like it's not like the part in bill and ted where they say like a gay slur you right, know exactly it's, yeah it's, it's, it's who's what what kids are popping on disney plus to watch the french connection <laughs> exactly so i don't know i don't know if it was if it was intended as like an actual sanitization or if it was like a tv edit like it got mixed up Look, we know. are we are up to our necks in a writer's strike and a big part of that is because streaming uh services are a complete and utter shit show Yep. And they are basically inadvertently proving that the cable model was right all along. And <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's I I still have a pretty vast physical media collection and I intend to keep it because if you only own something because you bought it digitally and it's not like a file in a hard drive somewhere, it's not really yours. They can take yep. it back. Yeah, iTunes or change took, it in any way. Yeah, yeah. iTunes took back an entire Bob Newhart album I had. I never even listened to it, but I can't get at it now. Uh, it's always really disconcerting when it happens, too, where you're like, wait, didn't I have that? Where'd it go? Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I knew it because it, it used to be the my iTunes shuffle. Or yeah. not shuffled. Like, my iTunes plays, uh, there's autoplays in the car, the first song. And mm-hmm. it used to be a Bob Newhart track that started with, like, Abe Lincoln. And now <laughs> it's the same track from Bubba Hotep every single time because it's spelled A-C-T-I-O-N with dashes. So now, like, you go to my iTunes, my Apple Music, and it's, like, most played tracks from 2023. And it's this fucking track from Bubba Hotep. Every time I get in the car, there's just this, like, dramatic horror sting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Man, that's a good score. Brian Tyler. Yeah, Brian Tyler. He did the score to uh, uh, one of my favorite part threes, Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah, One of the that's best right. Marvel scores. Yeah. I mean, no, like that's the well, only... It's got that, that awesome, like, Iron Man TV theme at the end. Yeah. Well, that is so great. That, but it also, like, it's one of the few ones where I can hear the theme of the hero in my head. Yeah. And that's one of the yeah, big yeah. problems with the Marvel movies, apart from, like, the Avengers and maybe Michael Giacchino redoing the Spider-Man theme, none of them have, like, really memorable, like, scores. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, or, yeah. like, James Gunn obviously just is like, I'm gonna do a kick-ass soundtrack, you know? Right. Yeah, he just does the needle drops. Yeah, that's that's kind of the problem with a lot of the modern superhero movies post, you know, uh, the millennium. I mean, Spider-Man yeah. had the Danny Elfman theme, which was great, but, like... It's the second best Danny Elfman superhero <laughs> score. <laughs> but, you know, like, some of them just don't... They don't they're not that all that memorable, and you don't, hum, like, come out humming them, like, the Superman theme or yeah. his Batman theme. Like, like, Hans Zimmer's stuff for Batman and Superman is memorable, but only in that it's Hans Zimmery. Like, yeah. it's... You hear John Williams' Superman score. You hear the 89 Batman score, and you know exactly what that is. Yeah. Much yeah. like, actually, we didn't really talk about 
these movies have an incredible score. Yeah, Goldsmith, right? Yeah, he's... Goldsmith did the original. Yeah. This one is, um, I forget his name, but he's actually the same. Speaking of, again, we keep coming back to Star Trek Four. He also did the music <laughs> nice. for Star Trek Four. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that it's got that like, ooh, I don't even know. It's like a marimba or something. Yeah. It's, it's the score for the original is so good and it's oh, yeah. so weird and distinct and you know exactly what movie it is when you hear it. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, and this and one the, is like that score, but with like a weird, like with a lot of 70s, 70s like, like, like funk waka, waka waka yeah. thrown into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, uh, so I always like seeing like LA in the 60s and 70s because yeah. it's, you know, there's enough stuff that's still here from then, but a lot of it's gone. Like, they show the Brown Derby, and that's right. gone. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, every movie back then, like, had someone driving by the Cinerama Dome, and now right. that's closed. And, you know, yeah. it's it's a real time capsule. And, and for a city that I don't think of people outside of L.A. thinking of L.A. as having a ton of landmarks. Right. I mean, aside from, like, the, the you know, the obvious skyscrapers, but yeah. Well, yeah, we have, we just happen to have Well, just one. the one. <laughs> we have the one, we have the U.S. Bank building, and it's just, it's only distinct because it's got that top. Yeah, and, yeah. And I only know it because it's the one the aliens picked out to blow up in Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. You know what's weird? The aliens in that went for the tallest building in every city, except Washington, they went for the White House. Yeah, they must have known that the seat of power... Was, Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I just... They wouldn't have gone for the Capitol Dome? Well, you... I LA... Know. I mean, D.C. doesn't have skyscrapers in the same way. Yeah, they don't. I yeah. don't know. I, they... I'm just saying. <laughs> they just must have known the seat of power... Well, I don't May, know. Well, you know what? They were taking over the satellite transmissions, so maybe they picked up something from that. You they know. must have. I mean, I, you see bits and pieces of the other of other countries... Right. Yeah, I think it's it's over the. I mean, if I had to just in my head, where where every alien in every (laughs) city, it's over Big Ben, it's over the Eiffel Tower, it's over that Tetris building in Moscow. Right. It's uh, (laughs) it's over uh, like um, the St. Louis Arch. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. I I I just love in Mars Attacks where they uh, they do the. Mount Rushmore is the yes. Martians. <laughs> the Statue of Liberty gets wrecked in that movie, too. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is... Uh, this Again, that was like... Uh, they uh, this, These movies also, like, as the budgets went on, they re- the second movie also saved a ton of money because they just trashed the uh, sets from Hello, Dolly. And that's what became, like, the New York subway system. Like, there's, like, a very ornate staircase in a bunch of shots. That's the club in Hello, Dolly, which was another big... Because Fox, around these movies, were having, like, those high-budget flops uh, in the late 60s. Is this right around when they they had to sell a bunch of stuff because of of Cleopatra bombing? Yeah, Cleopatra, Hello, Dolly, um, I think Dr. Doolittle. Right. These big, like, prestige roadshow musicals and stuff were just huge flops. And yeah, they sold off a bunch of stuff, and that's when they also built a lot of the buildings in Century City that right. became the Fox lot, which they used in uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes and the Omega Man uses right. them as well. Right. Because it's the future brutalist architecture. <laughs> it's futuristic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Omega Man falls right in with these movies in that 70s-tastic oh, yeah. sci-fi. Well, it was Chuck Heston kind of 
jump-started his sci-fi career at, with Planet of the Apes, because he, then he did uh, Omega Man, he did um, Soylent Green. Green. Yeah. So. What a weird time. What a weird Ver- time for weird, Hollywood. Well, the 70s are such a transitional time in filmmaking. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 you know, you start the 70s with, like, just so much social change, the way acting ha- is, perf- like, Brando and all those directors change acting and directing and cinematography in the early 70s. By the late 70s, you have the summer blockbusters there, and that leads right. right. By 1982, you're off to the races, right. and, uh, you know, they've just been trying to bottle that ever since. <laughs> yep. Every summer, trying to get the summer of 82. Yep. And uh, whatever form they can. <laughs> just... Get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and say, it's going to be the summer of 23. <laughs> right now. We are making the best movies of ni- 2023, not 1982. You can't go or, back. Or, you can't go back because you will be shot by a German, probably Nazi doctor. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, somebody, I saw someone take the... Um, the Dr. Manhattan meme, uh, where it's like, it's, it's 1989, Batman and Indiana Jones are on, are, are on the big screen. It's 2008, Batman and Indiana Jones are on the big screen. It's 2023, Batman and Indiana Jones are on the big screen. Oh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> I, I, my ex- expectations are very low for that. I'm, I mean, I just saw Across the Spider-Verse. So my expectations are low for everything else. Well, right. I mean, that that like, just sort of blew everything out of the like, water. Yeah. I'm sorry, gang. Guess what? The best movies and the, the highest grossing movies in the cinemas are animation. Fucking animation guild for right? life. But, yeah, I mean. <laughs> but I'm the Willy Wonka represent. meme. I love, I stand with the WGA 100%, but I'm that Willy Wonka meme where he's like, oh, you don't get money from re- streaming residuals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Your writer's room is only three people. Huh. Uh, no, I mean, uh, I don't want to... Well, I mean, we're already sort of all over the place, but yes, Across the universe, uh, across the Spider-Verse is uh, one of the best movies, well, ever, maybe. I mean, it is so fucking good. It's so good. It so I was good. annoyed that it ended on a cliffhanger because I wanted more. I know, I know. Yeah, oh. those movies are fantastic. I am... We are, I cannot wait till next year because that will be... We will be talking we'll about be talking that. We'll be talking about that. Day and yep. date. We will be sitting under... A chair in the theater recording the episode. <laughs> yes, I'm uh, chomping at the bit because uh, it. I I liked the original movie. Like I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it like everyone else did. And then I watched it, rewatched it, leading up to Across the Spider Verse, and I was like, Why the fuck haven't I been watching this every day for the past five years? <laughs> like, it like made me re like love this movie that yeah. I liked. You know. You know. But you'll come around on it, like you did, like you're gonna do with Anna de Armas. <laughs> But I, uh, but I loved Across the Spider Verse. Yeah, it was great. It. Like the yeah. just the most, such a beautifully made movie and a great superhero movie, a great multiverse movie, just yeah. firing on all cylinders. So congratulations to them. I can't wait for that part three. But yep. until then, next time, Clerks three, and uh, 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 Will. This uh, this movie is a wild ride. Escape from Planet of the Apes. I I had fun talking about I, this one. I did too, and and you know it was one I hadn't seen before, and I I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. uh, it 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 brought up a lot of like a lot of ideas and a lot of issues, and and made me think 
things. So that's I have such an good. affection for this <laughs> franchise, uh, yeah. both the new ones and the old ones. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it's it's such a cool franchise to talk about because it's very, very unique in, yeah. in terms, especially for a series that's gone on for eight movies. Yeah. Yeah. Will, any last thoughts? No, I, let me just, uh, hang on. You can cut out my muttering at some point. But What's see. the difference? You're all monkeys. <laughs> I'm craving grape juice plus. <laughs> How would she know what that means? Do they have well, grape juice? Well, well no, because they did, they, they explained it in the party. He's like, it's grape juice plus and then that's what she just calls wine I right guess. i know but like how would she know what grape juice plus would imply i don't think she did i think she just knows that what grape juice plus tastes right. like yeah also she they, apes don't take baths <laughs> I don't know what the they show was. them in a sauna in in beneath yeah, I don't know what the deal was. But. Oh, oh, the, my favorite uh, fun bit of casting in this. Uh, well, M. Emmett Walsh is in it somewhere. He, yeah, he's at the very beginning. He's, he's like he's some general random the, grunt. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's that guy, guy was with, young at one yeah, point. Yeah, like he, it's like you can tell it's him, but his jowls haven't descended yet. <laughs> no, the guy that says the CIA guy that says, "What's the difference? You're all monkeys." That's the doctor from the brain that wouldn't die. Really? Yeah, Dr. Cordner, the fucking scumbag who's like trying to chop women's heads off so he can oh, find his man. wife a body. That's, That's awesome. Bag. Yeah, That's I was awesome. like, you, I know you, I don't trust you now, sir. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I, what can you add to that? Uh, Will, uh, always a delight. Uh, until next time, folks, uh, fight like apes in, in whatever that means to you. <laughs> Get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. I can't do Heston. I'm not even going to try. You're good. You can do a good Heston. I can do Heston. I can do Heston. (laughs) I'm a seeker, too. But I have to believe somewhere in the universe there has to be something better than man. There you go. Yeah. You got it. I got it, yeah. I still... (laughs) Uh, Good night, everybody. Good night.